0: Hello, Universe. I almost forgot to get in in time. It's 11.59 on the 21st of February. And I have just now plugged in the Princess Leia's, so I do believe my voice probably just changed. Not like when I was 13. I'll tell you what, uh, I don't think girls go through that? Were their voice changes? I don't remember a bunch of crackly voiced girls in high school, but I do remember a bunch of crackly voiced boys because our falsettos were turning into, um, sopranos? I don't even know. Oh, uh, I'm basically musically illiterate when it comes to anything but reading piano sheet music. Uh... But I certainly am not here to talk about piano or my mediocre training therein. Not that my training was mediocre. My attempt to capitalize on that training was mediocre because when you're a 12-year-old boy, the last thing you want to do is sit down for 45 minutes and practice the piano. But when you're a Hmm, thirty-seven year old woman. How old was my mama been then? Uh sixty-nine, she was twenty-nine, so if I was twelve, she was forty-one. So as a forty-one-year-old woman who forced me to well, forced is a strong word. Parents of course force their kids to do lots of things. Like things that are good for them, like eat your vegetables or practice your piano. Or go mow the lawn because you got drunk last night, threw up all over our bathroom, and now we are going to punish you. <sighs> Things I did as a 12-year-old boy, including getting drunk for the first time. Um, I don't know what <clears throat> first-time drunk stories you have out there in the universe, but mine is a story of Saturday Night Live andrew's house of course and uh no parents home so yeah let's see what this uh what this butterscotch schnapps 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 how do you even say that word i don't know but it's better than vodka vodka's terrible till i'm 14 then it'll be great Yep. Yeah. drinking started early in colorado uh at least at my high school It was the thing to do get drunk and then get drunker then throw up then go to 7-eleven get more beer so you get drunker i wish i were exaggerating but when i said i got to college and had a leg up on most of my freshman frosh as we used to say to be non-gender specific most of my frosh companions had never consumed 18 beers in one night maybe 18 beers in their life if we're being honest um but we would regularly start with an 18 pack of strohs coors light or bud light um bud rarely because we're a colorado state so coors and coors light were the choice but before they went nationwide with a 21 year old drinking age Colorado was one of those last states to grandfather in 18-year-old 3-2 beer drinkers, and I was literally 60 days away from not making it, because my friend, well, no, I wasn't even 60 days away, I was 45 days away from not making it, because the cutoff date for those unfortunate enough to be born in August was July 31st, or August 1st, I'm not really sure now, but... I do know that my friend Scott Tracy's birthday was on August 2nd, so he did not make it into the I can drink when I'm 18 crowd that literally everybody else in high school made it into. There were a couple other stragglers along with him, but it was just like, I mean, of all the things to do, right? All of your friends can do this thing that you can't because you're two days younger than you need to be. Are you kidding me? Like, how is there not some sort of uh, petition for grievance in that scenario? Now, uh, you know, Scott probably didn't even give a shit. Well, actually, I take that back. I know he gave a shit. But (sighs) drinking isn't the end-all, be-all, right? It's... uh, But it's the end-all, be-all for one type of person specifically. And that is the person who is literally too shy to talk to the opposite sex without getting his buzz on first the downside is that that guy then learns that the only way he's comfortable meeting women is inebriated Um, five years of drinking before the age of 18 sort of uh, cemented that pattern of life for me. And this isn't one where I wasn't aware that my habits had moved toward a sector of society that other people's habits hadn't. I was seeing mostly the same people in the bar when I would go. It wasn't a constant parade of unknowing faces. It was the same person drinking a vodka tonic next to the person drinking a Bloody Mary next to the person having a beer. Drinking becomes a crutch for the shy, the insecure, the unsteady, the terribly awkward with the opposite sex, the self-loathing, feel like I'm not good enough to make friends with people, people, alcohol does wonders for them until it doesn't. Alcohol's a strange one. Like, when I went into drug rehab, I, <laughs> I did it because I was out of options. And even now, I don't think I was a drug addict. I do think I was an alcoholic. And I didn't know that going in, which is a level of denial and... Um, self-delusion that most people would be able to face and deal with. But when your whole life is in shambles and alcohol is, well, let's say alcohol, marijuana, cocaine, um, ecstasy, molly, whatever the fuck that is, shitty man's ecstasy, Um, they were all, why can't I feel good right now solutions? Ecstasy is the ultimate one. Ecstasy is the one drug I probably wouldn't do by myself for fear that I would, um, parade up and down the street naked asking if anybody wanted a hug ecstasy puts you in a mood for companionship, and I don't mean just sex. That's not what I mean. I mean, you just want to be cuddled. Um, And, I mean, hell, you can cuddle the wall and get something out of it because nothing will make your body feel the intense ecstasy that MDMA brings. And... When I took it, the well, actually when I took it the first time, I took it with acid, um, which again, you know, hey, uh, I'm not saying that's not one of the top 10 nights of my life because it is, but it was one of those situations where I was a, I, don't know, I was a senior in college the first time I took ecstasy, I just realized that, um, I was a senior in college, ecstasy was around but it was more of a city drug and i went to school in uh in central connecticut so i didn't uh i didn't have that uh flooding my campus like someone say at columbia might have so i didn't see it until i think my junior year maybe i saw it freshman or sophomore year and didn't know it but i definitely saw it my junior year because i knew somebody on my hall one of my I was an RA (laughs) my junior year, and, oh, I did sleep with one of my students, but it was May. I mean, it was way through the year. Finals were done. Um, And, yeah, I forgot about Laurel. Hi, Laurel. Um, But, um, Where was I going? Uh, Damn, now I unplugged my microphone. Hello. I think. I'm doing terribly at this right now, so I will try to concentrate and do better. Uh, Having lost my train of thought, unplugged my microphone, and gone into a slight panic for having done both at the same time, I'm now in recovery mode where I'm just going to speak, though I don't know what I'm talking, I'm just blah 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 blah, trying to remember what I was talking about. Now, I could hit the pause button and go listen, but maybe some Diet Mountain Dew will jog the old memory. Ah well, look at that. I remember I was talking about drinking. I wonder if drinking made me remember. Um, the, the level of inebriation that you get to before you puke is poisonous. It's poisonous because puking is your body's response to thinking there may be too much alcohol in our system. Alcohol can kill us. <laughs> and um, and yet in my 15, 16, 17 years, years in which I want to say you do not have the wherewithal to make adult decisions yet. In fact, I would say 15, 16, 17 is when you can pretty much count on Anybody, testing boundaries of what it's like to be an adult while still being a kid. So some of the dumbest decisions you will make, you will make in the years of 15, 16, 17. I'll even throw 18 in there because 18-year-olds are morons too. But by 19, shape up, get a job, own a house, and get goddamn to the moon and back or something. Because, you know, you're not 18 anymore. I'm kidding. And really... How are you going to get to the moon? You're going to ride on an alien rocket ship? Um, the, the problem with being 15, 16, 17, and literally being drunk pretty much every weekend, um, and come 16, 17, some weeknights, um, is it literally becomes a way of life. Because any 15, 16, 17-year-old is looking to hook their wagon to some horse that's going to carry them across the river into the promised land. And, you know, Albanian rhinoceros, labradoodles, and all that glory. But you don't have enough structural life in place to know whether or not you should drink 18 beers at the age of 16. The answer is you shouldn't. And I don't give a fuck if you're macho as fuck. Go ahead, drink 18 beers and follow off your back porch. Have fun. Um, it's, it's, It's a problem because you get into these scenarios where you literally are trying to ferret out your identity As a human emerging into civilization under the wing of your parents no more, this freedom that you're testing out puts you in positions to try to see who's top dog in the classroom or who's best drinker in the kitchen or who can funnel rum in the downstairs laundry room or whatever. In other words, at 15, 16, and 17, pretty much everything you do that your friends are involved with is a challenge to see who's best. I don't care if it's who enjoyed the movie we all just went to the most, who sp- spent the last uh, dime on uh, on what, beer, I guess, because what else will we spend our last dimes on? Um, you're You're in a chase to find an identity. And for me, there was a major problem with that. I didn't have one. Excuse me. Um, I didn't know that my identity was to be kind, forgiving, and understanding. Believe it or not, that didn't go very far with the 16-year-old crowd. But you guys, I just need to go be nice and help somebody. I don't know why you all want to go drinking. Can't we just go to the park and see if anybody needs assistance getting into their car, some old lady? Um, I have never even had that thought, let alone actually acted on it or recruited friends to join me. But I certainly had the thought of, well, it's Friday night, we got to get beer, then we got to get more beer, and then we got to get a keg and probably a handle of vodka. And yeah, bring the tequila. I haven't thrown up on that yet, so maybe tonight will be the night that I'll get myself so sick of tequila I can never drink it again. I mean, I guess you'd think that waking up in a drive-in movie theater in daylight in, boy, I wonder where we were. We were on a hundred and something and what, Pecos? I mean, some Thornton drive-in or I don't know what it was, but my friend, and, and when I said I had five best friends, I actually left my true high school best friend off the list. <laughs> so I feel bad, Pete. You certainly were my best friend in high school. No doubt about it. Um, why your name hasn't come up until now, I think is because frankly, you were one of the best influences I ever had in life. Hello, headband. Good to see you. Um, yeah, Pete, Pete and I met, I think sophomore year, maybe freshman year of high school, He lived in a neighborhood far enough away to have gone to different schools until high school, but close enough that we literally were like three miles apart. And the reason Pete and I became friends is because Pete was probably the kindest, most understanding person I knew up until at least college and maybe through college. Um, I don't know if he was forgiving. I never saw him act in that capacity, but I can only imagine that he was. Uh, Pete was a terrific human being, and I was lucky to have kind of landed in the trinity that was Ken, Tom, and Pete. They were three of the best people I've known in life, and I got to hang out with all three of them my, my senior high school years. Um, and Tom and Ken, both Tom, I met in fifth grade. He moved into our, the neighborhood in fifth grade. So, um, he was kind of the anti Chris Robinson because Tom was just sweet as can be. Um, and smart as fuck. Tom was one guy who might have been smarter than me, but I won't give him that because I still got better grades than he did. Finished higher in the class. Yada, yada. But I respect uh, anybody who um, who has gone on to do some of the things that Mr. Thomas Tan Jung has done with his life. You are an impressive person, Tom. You always were. Um, and Tom uh, was smart enough not to have fallen for all that alcohol machismo routine. And if I'm being fair, Tom, I believe your mom, more than your dad for sure, but your mom probably had a major influence on whether or not you were going to go drinking with Tyler and Jonathan and uh, Craig and the guys. I bet she thought, you know what, Thomas? That is not necessary for you. You'll do plenty of that in life. You do not need to do it when you are 15, 16, and 17. Okay, a little when you're 17, because we're not that strict. Well, again, I'm not saying you had to drink if you were a Colorado kid in the 80s, but you had to resist it if you weren't going to join, because it was everywhere. It was celebrated by not just the kids, but the parents too, not mine per se, certainly not Tom's, but there were plenty of houses that we'd go hang out in and the parents be hanging out with us. So Marna, How are your parents? Um, And and I think in some ways, like, that's good parenting. If you know your kids are drinking on the weekend and driving, which we were, then maybe the best thing to do is to keep them home. Buy them a keg of beer. Let them get drunk in the backyard and fall asleep in their own bed. What the hell are they going to do? You know? And, um, and I mean, we had our share of tragedy with three senior girls killed coming down the mountain in a car wreck. I'm not positive alcohol was involved, but it was certainly rumored. Um, you know, there were other incidents, not deaths, but people getting hurt. Um, there were plenty of people getting hurt. There were people getting hurt in drunken brawls. Our seven foot center on the basketball team, got pushed and fell over. All seven feet of him swung straight down into a sidewalk and went into a coma. I remember that night vividly. I can still see him falling. Um, I can see, yeah, I can see the pain that alcohol brings starting in hell, starting in junior high, really. But I can certainly see it in high school I can see it in college. I can see it throughout my life. Yet when I walked into that drug rehab facility, I didn't know I was an alcoholic. I didn't. I figured I was over my head in um, reckless behavior. I knew that. Um, I knew that I was spiraling quickly. I could feel myself accelerating downward. I suppose if anything can cause you a panic moment. It's a moment when everything you're doing seems to be contributing to your own demise. Um, And I, I believe, especially if that last sentence sort of Resonated with you. Here's the thing. That's all in your head. Trust me. None of that is real Um, None of that is real Uh, You are Again, I just telling my story because it's the only one I know. I don't know if your story is similar or totally different but for me It mattered. I mean it mattered a lot that um, that I l- not lose track of the fact that I believed I was a good person. I think the world does a lot to make you think you might be Megamind or whatever, a supervillain, right? Or if not a supervillain, just a punk-ass piece of shit. Um, because the world isn't kind getting drunk isn't an act of kindness the first beer the second beer even the third glass of wine whatever yeah you, you might even play a little better pool you might even bowl a little better game because those first 36 fluid ounces of alcohol three two five oh whatever not 32 ounces of vodka, obviously. But those first 32 ounces of 32, can I use some math here? 36. Are we still using 12-ounce cans? I think we are. Might even have some 16, 24s out there. But for the 12-ounce can drinkers, if you have three of those in, say, an hour and a half or two, you're going to feel a bit of buoyancy. You're going to think you might have a little more of the fucking shithang now if you're uh shoes, no, that's not a phrase. You're gonna think you're the bees' knees. That is a phrase, and honestly not my least favorite cliche because I kinda like the rhymey playfulness of it. But <clears throat> come four, five, six, seventeen of those suckers, and you can barely find your zipper to pee. And doing so is enough of a challenge because in 13 seconds, there won't be a choice. You'll have already gone in your pants. So the pressure is on and you're so drunk, you're holding yourself up with a toilet brush against a shower curtain. And so you fall into the shower and now you're peeing yourself while you fall into the shower Which is, uh, I guess, okay, because if you're going to pee yourself, the best place to do it is when you're falling into a shower, and then you just turn the hot water on. And now, you don't even notice that you peed yourself, because you're soaking wet and drunk in a shower. Well, I don't think I had that story. I don't even think I know that story for somebody else. But if you don't think that I know I'm capable of that story, or at least certainly was, well... This bud's for you. And I I mean, I try not to be um, vengeful. Is vengeful the right word for alcohol being legal and marijuana not? I don't know, maybe. Here's the thing though, right? Like, what if pot was legal when I was a kid? Like it is now. Now, I know that you can't get pot unless you're 21 or 18 and have glaucoma or a tongue um in other words i'm pretty sure any medical condition including yeah i have a tongue so uh given that i have a tongue that mental condition makes me think i need to smoke marijuana yeah i don't know you got a tongue are you smoking marijuana Uh, i heard people with tongues are doing it so i'm here to get my card all right there you go son so, you know, if marijuana, and, and marijuana was kind of around, like, as a matter of fact, it had a nickname, we used to call it Bob, after Bob Marley, because it was our cool way of talking about the green stuff without actually initiating the conversation in a capacity that somebody might come over and say, oh, are you smoking marijuana? Because the years, which Nancy Reagan made oh so much a part of my life well they did scare you that marijuana was like I don't know a puff of, of life ending goodness you might as well just go try on some clothes from the Salvation Army and live in that box I mean you did smoke marijuana um, <clears throat> so they did pretty good with that right they scared the shit out of us Um, reefer madness style and it worked it turned us all into alcoholics because you told us pot would make us insane crazy and losers well it's legal so maybe those scare tactics were a bit over the top huh Maybe marijuana's not the be-all, end-all scourge of humanity that won Mr., what was that guy's name, Anslinger, Ainslinger? Uh, Harry Anslinger, I think, Who, whoever the guy was that was recruited by the stupid DEA to go in there and tell the Congress that pot was dangerous, medical opinion of a mole rat nobody knew shit about pot in 1939 they still don't because we can't test it so how would anybody know whether pot was good good or bad for you they didn't of course not they knew hemp was a product that would threaten the timber industry and the last thing they needed was competition so easiest way to get rid of hemp was to go after the marijuana derivative and have it all Ill- made illegal and now the timber industry Barons can't sit back and have Taiwanese man boys come over and rub their feet or whatever they do with all that money. Seriously, what do they do with all that money? I mean, how much shit can you own? How many places can you go visit? Don't you eventually just want good people around you? I mean, fuck. At, one, at some point, like, I always wonder, like, how much money do you think you need to be happy? Like, isn't that the chase? I don't know. Hang on. Gotta smoke a bong and I'm pissed. I mean, oh, oh whoa, shit. I knew, I knew that was too big. <laughs> but, uh, damn it. Well, this could go south fast. <laughs> Sorry, I'll pause. Hang on. Okay. That is the one legitimate use of the pause button. Because coughing in your face, even if it's virtually, is bullshit. And I know it, so I apologize. Um, But you know at this point that I am not going to stop smoking marijuana. So unless I figure out those edibles, I'm afraid these conversations for the next 10 months are going to involve a little bit of coughing. But... On the bright side i got my weight set out today it is mid-february after all and tennis season does beckon as does spring when shorts and halter tops come out all the better um but i uh i don't really consider it a ritual to stay in shape so usually the ending of winter is my cue to get my shit back together and find a weight set that can bring me back to tennis form. But tennis is the kind of sport that, well, I've seen my dad play it into his early eighties at a high level, no less. Um, And it makes me think like how, how much great life is there, right? Like, um, if you never take mushrooms, would you want to do them when you're 82? Well, I don't think I would, you know, like I'm, I'm number one, obviously to set my ways at that point, to give a shit about trying something that I haven't tried. But number two, in some ways, like your life has become a life that doesn't involve psychedelics. You don't get that chance now because Had it meant enough to you, you'd have pursued it somewhere along the line. And so at 70, 80 years old, whatever you have never pursued at that point, unless maybe it's calligraphy or some sedentary hobby, you're not going to go chase down alpine skiing lessons at the age of 73. Life passed that one by for you. I have no interest in learning how to uh, complete a triathlon. Life passed that one by for me. Or John just was never interested enough in doing all three of those to the extent that you have to do them in a triathlon to ever even think that sounded fun. Whatever the case, you will not see me registering for a triathlon. Hell, I can barely swim across a community pool without drowning. So the last thing I'm going to do is jump in the ocean with a bunch of other hot shots and watch myself fall into last place and drown. No, 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 no. No, see, see, sometimes in life, it's not that you're, um, that you are capable of, um, of bad intuition, right? Like, I've always thought my intuition blows. <laughs> it's just not very good. Uh, meaning I can tell you a lot of ways where my intuition had read the scene one way and it was a terrible read, a counterproductive read and in many ways a bass words, dude, what were you thinking? How did you even come up with that kind of situation? Okay, we've all had those, right? We can all misread the room. Um, what's strange is that lately, and by lately I do mean the last four or five years, I, fear, uh, I, I don't really misread much. In fact, instead of feeling like, ooh, I guess I had that wrong sort of inner thought, I have those inner thoughts of, haha, ha, I knew that guy was a drug addict or whatever, right? And I, that was a terrible choice of, of uh, revelation. Let me think if I can think of one. Um, uh, yes, I can think of one. Um, but I don't want to admit that I knew something about somebody that was kind of uh, shady let's just say that Yeah, I have the same shady streak but I'm not going to equate this to another human being I'll totally admit my shady streak but now you're going to be like oh really who you share that with so that story I'll have to wait for a month or six but <laughs> My intuition, and by this I don't mean my intuition as to, hey, where did I leave my wallet? Or, hey, have you seen the dog comb? No, that intuition is always going to be terrible. I lose stuff literally while I'm holding it in my hand. So, yay that you're not me in that regard. Um, my, My losses include losing my keys coming from my driveway into the house. I have never found them. I've never found them. How did I lose my keys in my own backyard? I don't know, but I did it. I lost my TV remote for four or five months until I found it behind the salad dressings in the fridge door when I finally cleaned out all the salad dressings that were bad. Hey, TV remote. So I guess maybe that's, well, no, those were back in my drinking days. I mean, I definitely lost that remote because I was wasted drunk making a, uh totino's personal crappy pizza that i have burned to a crisp more than once because i passed out in the living room while it was in the oven again marijuana doesn't make you do that you do not come home get stoned get the munchies put a pizza in the oven and then fall asleep no you put that pizza in the oven and you stand by the oven with the oven light on and a flashlight because you're so filled with anticipation for that shitty little totino's combination pizza combinations not the one by the way that one's terrible i mean if you're gonna get it just get cheese and put some of your own mushrooms or whatever on it that's really the only way that those are even remotely resembling a pizza but um You know, alcohol, I mean, fuck you alcohol for all the things that you gave me, you took two away and that is bullshit. That is an abusive relationship. That is the kind of, oh, but you were so good to me last week. You didn't mean this. You didn't mean to get me in a drunk driving accident, right? and here i am talking about alcohol like it's some uh some uh pardon me that was clearing my throat not coughing um i talk about alcohol like it's some negative influence that lived next door to me and kept tempting me with video games and heroin no that never happened i'd never lived next to anybody who played video games Or did heroin. But the... Did I never live next to somebody who played video games? Shit, I don't think I did ever. I certainly never went over to a neighbor's house to play video games. Although I do think my neighbor right now plays video games. But we're not really on that good a terms. So, you know. That's what happens when you got a delusional schizophrenic living around the house. Your next door neighbor starts to wonder, What the fuck is that about? But... Okay, I am so far off topic, it's not even because I'm, well, it could be because I'm high, I have two boneheads, but, well, pipe it in a bonehead. Um, <laughs> should I end this? I'm tired. But I, I can't. I can't end this without telling what the day was. God, I'm so sorry. I only got on here to tell what happened today, and I haven't even said it. Okay, so whatever I've left dangling, I'll... Realize when I re-listen to this episode, and I'll fill in those gaps. If I'm overlooking something that I was talking about, which I'm pretty sure I am, uh, I apologize. The combination of tired and my day going like it did <coughs> has got me almost loopy, um, almost drunk. Feel a little drunk, um, but. It's it's funny, I, I say that I didn't know who I was as a kid because there was no place in the universe for somebody who's somewhat sensitive, kind, understanding, forgiving, nice, not aggressive, not a fighter, uh, much more of a negotiator, much more of a helper, never wanted to be Batman, would have considered being Robin but would have much preferred being the butler. What is the butler's name in Batman? Uh, Alfred. Jeez, it's funny how, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, what have I seen? Five, ten Batman movies probably, plus the series, plus the comic books, plus the graphic novels, plus the Frank Miller Daredevil crossover. Frank Miller never did a Daredevil crossover with Batman, I'm aware. But <clears throat> you you come to see these characters, Batman, um, Benson. Um, uh, Mrs. Garrett. Um, Captain Steubing. Not Mr. Rourke. Nor Tattoo. Um, But I would put um, Mary Tyler Moore or um, Sam the Bartender. On the list of these people who you see in roles that are influential but they're not the kind of roles that you can that you can gain wisdom from if you're a knucklehead like me and and so in many ways I think where I'm at now, where I'm at, talking like a Verizon ad, but with the trajectory my life took, and is on, I've always had the inner question of, am I broken slash evil, slash psychologically impaired? You know, I've always wondered if maybe I was crazy. Um, And in two diagnoses was given confirmation. So I can't say that I don't feel like I have a mind that lives on the edge. Because I do. I know I do. And when I try to live in a place that's not edgy, I get ragged. I do not fit into a routine of gardening and um lemonade with evening um wheel of fortune very easily. I eventually wonder why we are wasting our time drinking lemonade and watching Wheel of Fortune again. Although, you know, Wheel of Fortune had its place in my life when I was a preteen. But as I've admitted, stability in some ways, but more routine, non variable activity drives me nuts. I don't know why it's why I'm not married because while I might have been a pretty good dad, I knew I was always going to be a shitty husband (laughs) because. I just know myself too well to not think that I would have been among the 50% who get married and decide to cheat. And I already felt bad enough about myself. When it came to women, I certainly didn't need to be the cause of a divorce and some kids who hated me. So I remember thinking when I finally realized that... It was way more likely I was never going to be a dad than I was. It hurt like i I, I recognized that my troubles with women had literally caused me to um, forego fatherhood and at at that time it, uh, it was a huge regret, a huge regret, but it is not one now, not even a little one. <laughs> and i i of course have no um standard whereby to make that claim who knows maybe the children i didn't have would have been the most precious uh gift life could give me and would have um popped me into that i can do better for these uh offspring that need me than i've done for myself and I probably would have stepped up in that regard because when I say I know my place in the universe now, I do. My place in the universe is to be helpful. That's it. That is literally it. I'm here to offer my help. And if you need help, well then I'm here to help. But the only person I can't do that for is myself. And, you know, if, if before we arrive in our human homo sapien bodies, if we stand in a line to pick out the characteristics with our $45 that we are going to spend on whatever, and we have to budget accordingly, well, I know in my heart that I would never have accepted a human existence that was destined not to have kids. I mean, there are very few things you can miss out on in life and feel like you might have missed out on life. Having kids is one of them. Leaving the country is one of them. Um, And yet, having kids and fucking it up is worse. And I cannot say with any confidence that that wasn't my path to be followed. Should I have, well, I did impregnate one girl, but other than that, knowing that my fishermen swim, um, that was it. There was no other even, well, there was one other scare, but it turned out to be a scare. And I say scare because that was when I was 18. That was a scare. Holy shit, you can't be pregnant. We're 18. But you know what? If my 18-year-old girlfriend had been pregnant and that had meant that I had been forced into marriage and had become Mr. Uh, what should I nickname her? Uh, what should I nickname her? How about Judge Dread? And I only say that because she was an extremely judgmental person now she was 18 she's probably sweet as a cucumber in summer now are cucumbers sweet in summer i feel like they are i do like cucumbers but who cares she um she turned out not to be pregnant yay no problem the scare oh oh my god I've already told you. Yeah. Um, so that trip to Rhode Island, uh, one of the women in that car that I slept with got pregnant. Probably because we had sex while we were taking acid. And I'm 100% sure I didn't use a condom. So that'll get people pregnant. And uh, And so... <sighs> What do you do if, in your heart, you know you're a good person, but in the world, you can't figure out a place to go be good? Like, I guess I I knew that I could go to the uh, local um, senior center and get a job for 28K a year um, helping senior citizens um, with their loss of, of motor skills, make sure that their lives are still fulfilling. Um, I did participate in a program in Portland, Oregon, um, where I got to work at a senior center and it was really fulfilling. I mean, really fulfilling some of the most fulfilling moments of my life. Um, in fact, and, and so, and so I think to myself, well, I mean, I was there, like I was very well aware that in a time in my life when I felt rather unsteady, unmoored, uncertain of anything I was doing, I knew I was doing good things at this retirement village. I just knew I was. I, I could, You know you're doing good things for people because they, they show you the level of appreciation that good things bring. The genuine interactions that you have with other people, the truly genuine ones, are the best part of life even if they're anger, if it's genuine, well, then it's real. It's a texture you can work with. It's the lies, the manipulation, the obfuscation, the denial, the, well, uh, you may have thought that's what I was doing, but no, what I was actually doing was stealing your car, not borrowing it. But if you want to tell me I borrowed it, okay, you can let me off the hook. I feel like a little too much of that going on, you know? Like, everyone's drunk, doing stupid shit, thinking they're going to get away with it, and then when they get caught expecting not to be held accountable, because I was drunk, man, what would you expect? I don't know, a little better out of you? Drunk has never been an excuse to me. And I have been wasted doing stupid shit well that's totally my fault <laughs> alcohol does that to you drink 18 beers see how well-mannered you maintain your equilibrium drink 18 beers go try to walk down to the corner and back without stumbling see if you can do it oh but why a walk we can drive home we've only had 18 we didn't even go to 7-eleven and get more we're fine we do this every weekend and we're only you know, 10 minutes from home. Do you know that this this is top 10 embarrassing things to tell you. I, uh, I had my first blackout episode at the movie Rocky 4. It might have been Rocky 5. I'm not sure. Whichever one came out the junior, senior year of high school for me was the one. And I didn't see the movie because I spent the entire movie in the bathroom, throwing up in the toilet to the point that two, uh, uh, movie theater employees came in to try to help me. I mean, I was obliterated. And so when I called around the next day to ask who had driven my car home and gotten home that they left it in my driveway. Well, the two friends who I actually talked to before I called my two other friends who were with us were flabbergasted that somehow I didn't remember driving them all home. Hmm. Uh, you know, that happened when I was 17, possibly 16. I had my driver's license, so I wasn't 15. Um, and I didn't black out again for 10 years. Blacking out's tough. You have to be either completely exhausted or on the verge of alcohol poisoning. That's one or the other. And the completely exhausted person will black out and fall asleep. They just can't stay awake. But the one who might have had a rail of cocaine at six o'clock getting off work and is now fucking 26 beers into the night. Well, that person blacks out and turns into a horror show. They might even use words that they say they don't use when they're in that state of mind. They might even yell at their current girlfriend that she's a blankety-blank, blankety-blank in a piano bar and then have to be told about it the next day because to this day, There is no memory of what I absolutely know I did because too many people have told me what a dick I was that night. Well, you are right. I was an asshole beyond the pale to a scale that puts the driving everyone home from Rocky Four night in a better light. And still I didn't think I was an alcoholic. I really didn't. I didn't think alcohol was a problem. You know why? Because that's how society thinks. We're told it's okay. We're even told a little out of control drunkenness is okay because what do you think alcohol does to you? Don't be doing shots if you're not going to pay the pot. That's not a cliche. I made that up on the spot. Don't think i won't have a tater tot the curiosity in all of this is that if you do even arise at the concept that you know maybe i am an alcoholic at 23 years old do you know how routinely and heartily you would have gotten laughed out of the bar by my friends and acquaintances, even my non-drinking friends, you're 22, you not an alcoholic, what the fuck's wrong with you? Jesus, get your shit together, man. Get a job that's worth something, then you won't drink so much. Okay, okay, I could be a high school teacher, but you know, if I was a high school teacher, I'm pretty sure I would have slept with one of my students. So I would be a notorious high school teacher, that's for damn sure. So I'm glad I didn't do that. I probably also would have kept a bottle of fucking vodka in my dress, or in my dresser, in my desk. Just like Mr. I won't say your name, but I saw your bottle of vodka many times, sir. Um, and it, it, it pains me, right? I was a good teacher, a really good teacher. I am a bottle of vodka in, in, in the yearbook, desk drawer okay maybe that's why he was such a good teacher you know but I certainly was someone who, who couldn't envision life without liquor or at least three two beer who was I gonna be the most shy insecure awkward kid in the world well yeah I'd already proven that And I think ultimately that's why alcohol is the worst. When I said marijuana has the worst reputation, I think it does. Because I am someone who has no off switch. I just don't. If I like something, I'm going to do it until my body literally tells me, stop it. And I mean like, everything. I do everything excessively. I'm trying to find some ways to not live in those extremes because when you're out on the ledge of everything, sooner or later you do fall off. And and nothing has made my life less extreme than getting alcohol the hell out of it. And I'm not saying that uh, that I wouldn't even go have a beer with somebody now. I probably would, like for the right occasion. I don't. I don't distrust myself to go have a beer or two and never be tempted to be an alcoholic again, because I am so <laughs> directly aware of both my ease of um, routine. In welcoming substance abuse into my life, and my my forward progress uh, spiritually, intellectually, personally, interpersonally, mentally, all of that stuff's better without alcohol. All of it. So, and none of it suffers with marijuana. I don't feel angry about my neighbor who slighted me when they borrowed my snow shovel and cracked it and returned it and didn't even say anything like, sorry about cracking your shovel. But when I'm drunk, what do I want to do? I want to go fucking steal his snow shovel because God damn it, he broke mine. Okay. Okay. None of that actually happened. But that's the kind of shit you do when you're drunk. You decide that something like that makes sense. Or that driving home makes sense. Why would I leave my car here? If I can stand and talk, I can drive. Now, I want you to know that saying those things is dead wrong. It is. And it, and it was at the time, but we didn't know that. Nobody had figured out what a... Um, what a, um, selfish and, um, and, uh, boy, what do you call driving drunk besides selfish? It is, uh, inconsiderate, but inconsiderate's too light. It needs to be, um, it is, uh, derelict. That's a good word. It is, uh, an act of violence even if it doesn't work out that way. It is a violent action because you are putting yourself behind a speeding one ton metal object without all your faculties to depend on. And the ones that you think you can depend on are now under the influence. So you will make mistakes in evaluating your capacity to handle yourself. You might even fall walking to the corner and back, let alone trying to shift into fourth gear left-handed while you're getting a blowjob because who's going to turn down a blowjob while they're drunk driving and so if you if you are out there and you feel like the world has no place for you the only time the world even likes you is when you're drunk the only time you even like being in the world is when you're drunk. The only thing that gives you the confidence to be the person you really think you want to be is to be drunk. If you're 15, 16, 17, those are easy thoughts to let down for the rest of your life. And... And the reason I... Am so meandering down alcohol alley or what would that be um, Canadian court <laughs> Canadian club I know I didn't really drink whiskey but today was a shitty day in every capacity except my use of the word capacity, because I don't think I used it except during this recording, and my soul, everything else sucked, but my soul got fed today. And I want to tell you that when your soul gets fed, the rest of it does not matter. I am so physically tired right now, in my shoulders. From cranking drain snakes for my coworker's plumbing problem. And then dealing with replacing a P drain and cast iron pipe using the old pipe wrench to muscle that mother off of there. I did not use the effort, but I sure wanted to. Point is, I had a very physically exhausting day helping my coworker fix a situation that honestly he did not uh, have the um, home ownership profile to know how to address. Essentially, he had a clogged P-trap and a, and a, and a drain clog way down his evacuation drain and had poured enough uh, Ajax or whatever he bought at Walmart down there to, uh, to pull it back out. With his, uh, the little 15-foot snake, he tried to use to fix it. Anyway, all this said, even while he's describing his problem to me, what's funny is this is not something that I should be helping someone solve. I can barely keep the electrical working in my own house, but I had been through exactly what he's what his issue is twice. I've done it. I fixed it twice, and having been the Uh, hardware manager at a Home Depot I did learn some shit about home repair so I do know a little bit but I only know a little bit and I'm well aware of that because my father for instance knows a shit ton, and I'm well aware of that so it's easy to see how little knowledge I have compared to those around me who truly know what the fuck they're talking about but if you walk up to me with a p-trap issue and a lint screen Uh, Drain problem that you've gotten into with your uh, laundry facility Believe it or not. I I am the guy to call because one I won't charge you and two we will get it fixed It's not that hard to fix. I have the right tools Um, and so you know I helped this guy today and This is zebra. I like zebra. I don't dislike him. I like him, but he's a bit of a knucklehead Um, and Yet he's not in my orbit if I'm not here to help him unknuckle because he's a knucklehead just the way I used to be. And it's so plain to me now that there's only one out from gambling and that's to quit. There's no other out. And you can't see that when you're entrapped in it because Everything is about making the next play your whole life is about making the next play even your regular life when you're when you're tripping down the gambling staircase what you're hitting your head on as you bounce down that Is your regular life coming apart and The one thing that you won't do to fix it is stop gambling because At that point, you're so far on tilt that you think the only way back is that streak you've seen, one, two, maybe three people in life ever experience. You just wanna be the fourth, the third, the second, maybe the first, really. What are you, 85 grand down, 185 grand down? You steal 600 grand from your employer and now you've gambled all that away, like that woman in San Diego? When gambling has got you, you are going to give everything you can access away. Everything. And then you're going to go steal what you can to try to get back. Because you don't see it as stealing so much as borrowing a stake to get yourself back in the game. And of course, when you lose that, well now you're gonna do something even more desperate, whatever that might be, including admitting you need to quit. The most desperate move of all. And I may not have been a drug addict, or I may have been, or maybe, I don't really know. I don't really care if I'm a marijuana addict, but I know I'm a caffeine addict. Speaking of which, little Dye Mountain Dew sounds pretty good right now. Um, if, If you are a compulsive person and you get into gambling, then there's no hope for you. I've seen it. Too many people. I mean, I've been it. I know it. This I'm telling you right now. If you are hearing me and you are a compulsive gambler and it is ruining your life, stop walk away from it entirely never ever do it again go take up calligraphy find something to break the I got to get back to there. curse you need three months and it will be gone now you will do everything you can to sneak around that I'm not going to go up there agreement with yourself I know you will, I did. I still fear the casinos. I fear them because they're thieves. (laughs) For people like me, they are nothing but pickpockets. And yeah, it's unfair to say that I'm willing to walk into an establishment, throw my money on the floor and turn around and walk out and then call you a thief. Because that's essentially what you do when you gamble. But you don't think the casino owners know that somewhere between 8 and 12% of us can't stop? That's statistically the number. It could be higher. And I think it's getting higher. I think anxiety leads people to compulsive behavior. Because one of the things not having compulsion in my life has done, as literally washed the anxiety off of me. So when I helped someone like Zebra today, well, I feel pretty good, right? Like, sure, did I wanna go deal with a nasty plumbing situation? Fuck no, who does? Well, but did I wanna help somebody who was in over their head and doesn't have the money to call a plumber and has kids that need clothes dried? Yeah, yeah, of course. I'd still be there if we hadn't fixed it already. And they wouldn't be getting their clothes dried if I didn't give them the dryer I've had sitting in my garage for two years that I really have no idea what I was going to do with. And so when my day ended with um with knowing that i'm giving my dryer to somebody who i who I mean, it's a gift my wet dry vac is not a gift however zebra that i want back um my little portable drain clearer is a fantastic little tool listen if you don't have one of those little two gallon uh, wet dry vacs that you keep for a wet vac for whatever wet spills wet incidents wet whatever you have to deal with you're dumb you are dumb that is that is a tool that's as useful as a hammer go buy yourself one you can get one for 10 bucks on Craigslist or 30 bucks at Lowe's they are useful they are the stinger that is the guy you want it comes with a little mesh um, uh, filter not a mesh it is uh, what is that it's uh, God, I can't even think of what that is but it's it's a it's a dream to clean up and deal with wet situations and minor blockages. Push pull, baby. It works. Just send it down with the suction and then blow it down with the other side. Keep doing it and that clog will clear. There's your plumbing advice for the day. Um and do as little uh draino in your drains as possible. That shit's toxic. Not just To uh, your pipes but also to the environment so watch out certainly don't use it more than twice Um, back to the day so in doing so um, I now have foregone my two days off in a row to work a Tuesday Friday days off which is fine that means I have tomorrow off so that'll be good Um, and why did I do that well I did that because it was the only way that Uh, zebra was going to be able to get his day that includes having a child who needs clean clothes to go to school that when I knew that was a need I could help fill well there was no other need that mattered right because if you're a 8 10 12 whatever year old girl And your family is in a pinch where there's no laundry available until Thursday when people get paid and can afford to figure something else out. But between now and then, food's more important. Well, that's not that eight, 10, 12 year old girl's fault, right? But what's she gonna have to do? Well, she's gonna have to go to school in a condition that she knows puts her in a vulnerable place she doesn't want to be. She doesn't want to be picked on for having no control of her situation. She doesn't want to be harassed for having to wear the same shirt she wore on Monday because it's the only one that's clean enough to go out of the house. You know? And so if ever I can help, whoever, do whatever, my day goes well. How simple is my life? I work at a meat counter, I do these recordings, I play with my animals, I smoke some weed, and then I go try to help people. And I'm the happiest I've ever been. Even if I sound tired. It's only because it's 1 12 in the morning. <gasps> I've been talking for an hour and 13 minutes. Oh my God, I'm so sorry.